Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Social Room Podcast. Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Alec Ruman, your host. So uh, just wanted to give a big credit to Lucrembo here for letting me use that new intro music. I really like it. I hope you do, too. Um, and I've done quite a few things to optimize, you know, the listenability of this podcast. I've got a boom for my HyperX Quadcast, got a pop filter. I've made my studio more, you know, not bedroom-like, so I can, you know, get in the zone and make things as best as I can. So, that being said, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about generative AI and its effects on our society. Oh, no, that's right. AI is coming for us, and that's what I'm going to be talking about, because it's going to take our jobs, it's going to replace all of us, it's going to take over our world. Uh, Obviously, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek. I don't believe that personally. Uh, Though there have been some problematic things involving the way that AI has been growing recently, Uh, I discussed last episode that Twitter and Reddit are constricting their API usage, and in the case of Twitter, decreasing rate limits to fight in part against large language models and AI training. Uh, There have been several lawsuits thrown against OpenAI uh, in recent memory. The biggest one is probably the one filed in California uh, in June citing that OpenAI scraped a large amount of personal data in order for them to train ChatGPT and their uh, photogenerative AI Dolly. Uh, Microsoft is even named as a defendant here, considering that they're a major investor in OpenAI, the company behind those two AIs that I mentioned earlier. Uh, The law firm behind the lawsuit provided the comment that by collecting previously obscured personal data of millions and misappropriating it to develop a volatile, untested technology, OpenAI put everyone in a zone of risk that is incalculable but unacceptable by any measure of responsible data protection and use, end quote. So we can see by that that the largest issue is considering privacy and undisclosed use of this personal data from various websites and social media platforms. Uh, That's going to relate to something that is only a couple days old, but uh, a comedian, Sarah Silverman, has just joined a class action lawsuit with authors Christopher Golden and Richard Kadri, alleging that OpenAI has used their own intellectual property for ChatGPT and scraping these illegal online libraries that they call shadow libraries that were violating copyright laws in the first place. This lawsuit is also levied against Meta, claiming that Meta uses the same shadow libraries to train large language models themselves. So a lot of the stuff in conjunction with these social media websites, personal blogs, just all these different newsletters, uh, they're being used to train copyrighted, train with copyrighted material for chatbots. Uh, and digital copyright itself is already such a gray area too on the internet. It's very hard to tell uh, what is fair use and what is not, especially to these trained AIs who don't really know the difference between right and wrong. Uh, take. Uh, take uh, Ethan and Ela from H3H3 Productions and their struggles with the copyright system. They made a video about a prank YouTuber, and um, it just went off the rails. He accused them of misappropriating their content, breaking copyright laws, and it became a very drawn-out and long and expensive legal dispute. Eventually, it was won in Ethan and Ela's favor, but again, this was something that was supported by an algorithm and an AI who couldn't really tell what was and what was not fair use and what is correct to use in copyright and what is not. Um, take again some recent examples, the Ackman and Quantum TV or Aiden Ross and I Show Speed wrongfully taking down different channels for just using their clips and providing commentary over them. Um, but, you know, it's probably too late already. Uh, the chatbots have already collected all this information that is copyrighted. 
And my thoughts on this law on these lawsuits is that they're probably just going to slap a fine. Uh, I don't think they're, 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 the government is going to dismantle the entire chat GBT project, considering how useful it is. It's got big money, especially for Microsoft. You probably got lobbyists in the government anyway. Um, you know, some businesses are using it to, you know, optimize processes and automate them that would otherwise be very menial and not really worth their time. Um, agencies say might be using it to write copy for their posts or blogs or ads or anything for SEO optimization. Uh, these things that would otherwise take time that could be better spent towards other processes in their business. Uh, I watched this great YouTube video by a channel named Brit Monkey called 46 Predictions About Artificial Intelligence. Uh, I walked in thinking this is probably just going to be like another dystopian prediction of what AI is going to do to our jobs and our society. Uh, you know, just the basic doom posting that everyone engages in about AI. But surprisingly, it was an optimistic view about the effects that AI was going to have. Uh, sure, there were some things that were less than exciting to think about, like rogue AIs or the shaking up of the art industry, which I'll get on later. But no, like, Rocco's Basilisk or anything like that. Um, most of it was pretty interesting, and I'm willing to stand beside the claims that he makes. Uh, Brit Monkey alleges, you know, that the only jobs that get removed are jobs that are seemingly only one task. And AI replaces tasks. Um, and it optimizes the workplace. So assistants, you know, can focus on three, maybe five different companies to work for, as their AI does the stuff that would otherwise take up the entire day, scheduling meetings or sending follow-up emails, and the assistants can focus on the things that take real human intelligence, like creative problem solving or planning with the CEO or executive that they may work for. No more sitting in meetings and continuously just writing down notes that may or may not be followed up on in the future. The job market becomes saturated with these AI prompters, he says, people who say and know exactly what words to input when interacting with generative AI, and they can create exactly what they have in their mind and what they want. And they've had years of experience doing so, and they're extremely valued in the workforce, no matter the industry. And that's what I've been saying to people all around. AI, when it's inevitably regulated, because of course it will be in America, um, will help to optimize our lives immeasurably. Now, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about our and AI and something about Brit Monkey said, um, but it's gonna relate pretty well because to, on the day that this releases, we're gonna be feeling it already. Um, writers are already on strike, and as of recording July 13th, which is Thursday, the day before I will release, actors have voted to strike as well, basically shutting down Hollywood, and part of their demands to production companies is to implement guardrails involving the use of AI in creating movies. The Actors Guild is concerned that the rise of generative AI could allow production companies to cut costs and allow movies uh, to have actors perform in them without proper compensation or consent. Think of uh, that new Black Mirror episode where, um, boy, I can't even remember what it was called, where, you know, the girl is working at the company and Netflix or, you know, the mock-up of Netflix that they have in the show. They make a show about her because the AI in her phone is tracking her day-to-day -day and it's relaying that to the company that's making it and it re just releases her life in a dramatized way. So uh, think that, basically. Now, uh, the Writers Guild has the same point in regards to the film being written. Um, now, what's weird, though, is that the Directors Guild earlier this year, there's a lot of guilds, um, had negotiations with production companies and actually had a deal secured that's stating that movies could not be directed by AI. Now, I'm going to raise the question, you know, this is completely rhetorical, but what makes it so different for writers and actors over directors? Hmm?
Um, anyways, though, this is the same issue as those lawsuits earlier, that people online are concerned about privacy issues with AI scraping personal and confidential data off of social media and other websites. Actors and writers are concerned about you know, their pre-existing material or their likeness being used to create something that they had no part in without their consent. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty gray area right now. I think what's probably going to happen is that we're going to see a sort of middle ground. Um, AI is going to be used to generate more filler or entertainment content, a la uh, Marvel's endless supply of movies and TV shows while the real actors and real artists and directors and writers will be focusing more on the art house or indie aspect of it. Um, I feel like the industry has already started going down this route already, seemingly taking the cheap and easy way of just releasing movies that have already been made and making very little tweaks to it for a quick buck. Uh, I'm talking about you, Disney. Um, Martin Scorsese famously said the same thing where you know, like Marvel and superhero movies are just amusement park rides as opposed to movies, which I mean, sure. So making and using AI to generate just more movies that are tailored towards the masses is not something that's really going to get in the way of uh, creative expression, in my opinion, considering that these movies are generally just made for entertainment and are just churned out on a yearly basis. So we're not really taking a hit in the creative department while the people who really are focused on crafting artistic visions are have their own part of the industry that they can work on. Uh, anyways, though, uh, AI has definitely played a part in your favorite movies being delayed or canceled altogether because of its connotation of ruining art. Generative, generative AI is unregulated and kind of running rampant right now. Uh, <laughs> you know those videos of... Uh, it's, it's a little primitive, but like they're getting to the point where you can kind of tell where like the presidents are playing Minecraft. It's like, <laughs> like what, what is this going to sound like in six months when they can actively, you know, provide inflection to these voices of Joe Biden and Joe Rogan? Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be nuts. You're not going to be able to discern what's real and what's not. Um, I think once AI is reined in and allowed to flourish under guidelines and proper supervision from the government, we could have a pretty important tool in the toolbox for making our lives easier so we can focus on the nicer things. And as for the actors and writers guilds, I'm really crossing my fingers that they get what they want. Uh, obviously, Hollywood is not going to be the same without these people who are actively in the, in the thick of it and doing the jobs. Um, production companies can complain all they want, but these are the people who are down, in, down on the floor down there every day rehearsing you know writing the scripts making things so you can make money so you know i'm going to stand in solidarity solidarity with them and i'm going to support every move that they make because they are people they work in the industry and they deserve to be paid what they feel like is fair so you know that's all that's me off my soapbox anyways guys thanks for tuning into the social room podcast i've been alec ruman see you next friday and with the way things are looking i will probably bring up another lawsuit levied against OpenAI. see you next time